1: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. It's another midwife crisis. Got Lauren here with me.
2: Uh, it's actually Meth Mouth Molly, and I'm from Mobile, Alabama.
1: Sup? Shout out.
2: Shout out. <laughs> JK, everybody. It's your girl, Lauren. Don't call me Laura Bunton. I'm with it. Yeah. Getting out there. Biggest Get- pet peeve. Biggest pet peeve. Especially when you see that it's Lauren, like an email, my name is right there, and you call me Laura anyway. Like, it makes me physically violent. Like, I'm already like a borderline. Like, I bubble very near the surface anyway. But the violence bubbles over with stuff like that.
1: I have been, like, wrote up in newspapers. And had press put out, like, with porch talk or music. And the last time I was written up, of the eight or nine times I've been written up, the only time they spelled my name right, it's always A-L-L-E-N. And I was like, my parents gave you an out. A-L-A-N.
2: I'm so cognizant of that, too. Like, I make sure to spell your name the right way every time because I know how mad it makes me. And it's just, I'm sorry, I love that it's spelled A-L-A-N. Like... It's cool. Like, it's not the white trash version when people spell everything, like, with a K, you know? Like, Kylie, Candace. Uh, We're going
1: to throw a Y in there. Oh, uh, yeah. Let me throw a Y in spash. there. Yes.
2: And I'm like, no. Yours is classily done. Like, my husband is B-E-A-U for Bo instead of B-O if he had been B-O. I
1: kind of like that Bo, though.
2: I, I'd, be, I'd be such a jerk because I wouldn't have dated him if he was B-O. How terrible is that?
1: I know some B-O's.
2: I know people with Bo. <laughs>
1: We're looking at him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, funnily enough, can I talk? Can I go into how we met? Oh, please do. So, I forayed briefly into waitressing at Ben Six Twelve in Starville, and my dear husband was there on a date with a guy that we both know, Kenneth Austin Hood. Shout out, love you, boo. Uh, and I was his waitress, and I was not very nice. I was not a good waitress. I didn't like being a waitress. And he kept
1: Service industry not for you?
2: It's not. It's not at all. He kept <laughs> following me around, and I was like, sir, go back to your table. Like, I've got this. I don't need you to do my job for me. So he asked the guy he was with, he was like, who is that? And uh, <laughs> he t- ended up telling him, and he was like, You'd really like her, but there's a few things you need to know because him and I had done study abroad together in Italy and lived together for six weeks. And so he's like, there's just a few things you need to know. Her passion bubbles very near the surface. She is a lot, but she's a great time. He found me on social media and sent me a funny message because at the time, I think you could have like a tagline and mine said... Believe me, sweetie, I got enough to feed the needy. It was from Biggie Smalls, who Shut up. Yes, shout out, rest in peace. My guy, pour one out for you.
1: Rest in power, baby.
2: Rest in rest in all your power over Tupac. Not sorry. Happy, that I said what I said.
1: Happy birthday in heaven. East Coast.
2: Not sorry. So he sent me a message and I was like, you know, this guy's kind of funny. And here we are. Thirteen plus years later, I'm with it. Two kids, a million animals, and a porch that I'm with Alan Aldridge, Mr. Porch Talk on
1: himself. Himself, In the, the
2: podfather.
1: Yeah, uh, one day that will be my legacy.
2: It's I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> claiming it. It already is.
1: We're speaking this thing into existence.
2: Speaking it, giving it power. The podfather. That's great. Yes, Ginger Angel. Thank you. Ginger Jesus.
1: Whoa, a little push. Whoa,
2: whoa. Ginger Podcast Jesus.
1: I, no, I don't want to be compared to JC in any... I, I Not like to,
2: even the I, podcast, JC?
1: I like to... Uh, I follow that man, and I love that man, and I'm thankful for the work that he did on but the you cross. You
2: removed. <laughs> you gotta say a, a peg under.
1: Not even near that. I mean, we literally... We're so far removed. We wrapped time around that man. Yes, The God do. man. True. So, uh, I am not on that. Shout out, JC. Yeah, dude. Love you, man. Thank you for what you did.
2: (laughs) We're either going hell or getting jewels in our crown.
1: I I am uh, teaching y'all how to pray uh, with the Urban Dictionary.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Which is how we came up with the name for Midwife Prices. Shout out, Urban Dictionary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Round two is cooking.
2: Yeah, it is. Here we go.
1: So, uh... Man, we talked a little bit about AI last time. We were all over the smorgasbord. Let's do it again. I wanted to talk a little bit about off the top of the dome here. Let's go. Your thoughts on.
2: If you're not ready, I got one in the chamber. Let's do you. It's going to be heavy. You ready? do you know what you want and are you happy
1: Ooh, let's go there let's go what do i want hmm what do i want and am i because as a
2: woman i don't even know
1: yeah i know you uh don't even know what to eat i think that was the greatest trick that uh someone came up with when it comes up to what are we gonna eat
2: mm-hmm. yeah this you is get a trick yeah you test I know what I don't want, but you need to come up with the right answer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to start fielding those questions early. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I just don't want to decide at this point.
1: Yeah. Just be assertive. Yeah. Uh, Am I happy? No. But I believe there's a difference in happiness and joy, and I have joy. Yes, you do. And, like, happy – and that's the thing that I think people get tied up on a lot is – Happiness is an emotion, yeah, joy Fleeting. joy is, yeah, it does, but joy is is something more-hmm uh it's not going anywhere it, it's not something that can be taken uh, happiness, sadness, uh like we, we run this, uh do I know what I want? We'll get to that. I don't know, maybe maybe we can get there uh, but with emotions, depression. Uh, I think we're over-medicated.
2: See, I I do and I don't, because I feel like as a medicated person, when I try and get off medication, it's not pretty. It's not fun. I know that uh, right now, am I stressed with work? Yeah. Am I happy? Pretty much, but is that... Is that something that changes on a dime? Absolutely. I can split at the drop of a hat, and my husband will be caught so off guard. There's there the boyfriend guys pulling up. 16-year-old boy does lets everybody know that he's here with his truck.
1: Hell yeah, dude. Um, Cooking.
2: He, uh, is he going to back that thing in? I don't know what he's going to do. He's probably confused. He doesn't know what's going on. But, uh... My husband sometimes, he'll he'll be surprised, because he's a pretty even-killed guy, and he'll come in, and I'll just be having a meltdown. And he's like, but I thought you were happy. And I'm like, I've actually been depressed for months. And he's like, but you seem so happy. And I'm like, I'm literally just surviving.
1: We have a a tendency, and I don't know, like I think social media was something that just put it on blast. Mm -hmm. I think, we talked about it the first time that we talked, like, When I was a kid, I looked at adults, and they were so well put together, and Mm -hmm. it seemed like they had a plan, and they knew what was going on, and they knew what they were going to do. Social media put that on blast uh, to where we can build this nice facade, and even when you're hanging out with maybe even a dear friend, they can clean the house, Mm -hmm. and they can play house. Mm -hmm. But uh, in reality, there's something under the surface surface that Mm -hmm. is just not right.
2: I'm so good at going through the motions, I think, because I grew up as somebody... I grew up as a latchkey kid and somebody who had... What does that
1: term mean for those wondering?
2: For those of you who are wondering what a latchkey kid is, that from a very young age... My parents are older. My brother is older. I don't know what he is doing. Um, I had to look out for myself, um... My parents both worked, and so I had to get myself up for school. I had to get on the bus myself. I had to get off the bus when I got home and take care of myself till my mom got home from work. Um, I was very self-reliant from a young age, and that stemmed even earlier from when my brother and I had to go live with my grandparents for a while for various reasons. Um, But I think I became very self-reliant, And so I became very good at masking. And so I had a pastor one time when I met with him tell me you would never know what was going on with you because you're always in here so happy and so excited to see people and love on people. And if I had not met with you and had this conversation with you I would have never known anything was going on. And I feel like That's kind of the story of my life.
1: But, like, you can't, I I relate with that. You can't,
2: like, you have to. You have to. Because, guess what? At the end of the day, I have to take care of my kids. I have to go to work. I have to be a wife and a mother and a person. I cannot sit in the bed and wallow and do the things that I'm feeling because that doesn't pay the bills, that doesn't feed anybody. That doesn't get anything done. So, do I think we're over-medicated? Yeah, I think a lot of people are over-medicated. Do I feel under-medicated sometimes? Also, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one of those things that I feel like mental health is such a paradigm. And it's so under-talked about. And
1: it only came to, like, society, like, recently. I, I believe, like, over... And maybe I was just new to the conversation, but... It seems to me like just in the past five years, especially like uh, when we had uh, school shooters that escalated. And uh, then we had the Pando. (laughs) And then all these people, like you said, their lives changed permanently. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe they lost their business. All kind of things went down, right? Yes. And like so, and then it, it seemed things. like everything that you saw on the news or social media or where, wherever, uh, social hangs, whatever. There was just a lot of awareness about like, yeah, we should be more outspoken about mental health.
2: And I hate that it takes celebrities. Do you, but and do
1: you think like it's because like we don't have asylums anymore? We don't have a place for these people now. They're living no, on the streets. No, I think it's
2: because there are brave and i hate i I both hate and love this i think there are celebrities that are using their platform to address certain things um like mental health i know for me when we went through infertility it is something that no one talks about because it's shameful and in their mind and i'm a big advocate for it i talk about it you can ask me anything about it i will not hide it and I don't hide my past mistakes. I don't hide any past substance use. I don't hide any past anything that I was into as a younger person because it can help someone. So when someone says, do you have mental health issues? Absolutely I do. When someone asks me, did you have fertility issues? To a literal check into to a mental institution, peak of it at the peak of it, I was very close to checking myself into a mental, mental institution because it was that serious, it was that stressful, and no one talked about it.
1: I, I can't tell you, dude. Like so many, of, uh, and I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to put them on blast. I'm just going to say they're close friends. Maybe mm-hmm. they were family, but mm-hmm. uh, uh many women in my life struggled with infertility and in their relationship. I mean, there's a biological clock that ticks, I believe. What's up, dude?
2: My little sterling silver angel's walking up to go swimming with my kids, and he's so nervous right now. Bless his heart. You're good, dude. You're good, baby. Love you.
1: Oh, but struggle with this. It puts so much strain on their marriage.
2: Oh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you.
1: Because, I mean, and there's nothing more. Like, what is, what's the point of marriage? It's
2: <laughs> To procreate.
1: To procreate. Like, uh, to, that's your legacy, your children. And to have a family and to, to do all that. And the stress and the strain only makes it worse.
2: For, my, for me, <coughs> the proof that my husband is fertile lives in my house. <coughs> yeah. I married into a ready-made family. I was in college when I started dating a guy with a kid. I was not looking for a guy with a kid. That's the last thing I was looking for. And so by the time we were ready to have children, I knew that I was going to have some troubles. I've always had female-related troubles, but I did not know quite the toll that it would take emotionally, financially, relationally. And so to know that you're the problem... Really works on your psyche and big time.
0: Big, big time, big time, big time.
2: And you know, they're telling you it's fine, it's this, it's that, but it doesn't matter how many times someone tells you it's not your fault. If you know in your heart this is what you feel, no one can change that. And a lot of girls I went to school with, and I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. Um we were the first round of the Gardasil shot which is the HPV prevention cervical cancer all that shot. Mm-hmm. Every single girl I know that took that shot in that first wave has had problems getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. We were all on birth control which is its own problem. We were all taking the Gardasil shot. We've all had problems.
1: In that sense, I agree with the Catholics to where I don't believe in birth control. I I do believe in abstinence, but also I do believe in the—because I once was a teenager. Mm -hmm. I know hormones are going to go crazy, and that's all you're going to think about. I believe in education. Yeah. You should be educated, but, like, all these preventative measures that we take—
2: Destroy your body.
1: Destroy your body. Uh, Birth control, I mean, it's well known now, and, like, uh, obviously, like, this is imagination here because I don't have a child but uh, when that time came for my daughter to be making those decisions, obviously it would be between me and my wife talking about it. But, like, I would not want her on that because, like, it it does alter hormones. Uh, I believe estrogen levels in females is very important. Testosterone levels in males is very important. And all the things that we're finding out right now with all these social issues that we're going through, It's showing us that.
2: Do you want to know what's wild about birth control? If I'm on birth control and I find Mr. Allen Porch Talk Aldridge and I say, that is the guy for me, and we become in a relationship and I get off birth control. May not be. May not be. That's exactly it. You're a different person. Your body and your pheromones are so set to search out someone who is genetically compatible with you mm-hmm. and who you can reproduce with that's why certain people's body odor does not stink to certain people that is why uh, when you kiss certain people it, your saliva releases something that entices the other person if it, you're compatible genetically yep. birth control changes all of that yep. and we did not know that So a lot of these people in relationships are getting in relationships with people that they are biologically not compatible with. And that is wild. But not only that, it alters so many things within your biology that you... uh, I mean, I just... It's it's a double-edged sword because do I want to be raising my 17-year-old's grandkids? No. Do I want her to have permanent lasting effects on her body if we were to put her on birth control also no yeah so i mean it's just like wh- where what which juice is worth the squeeze where like yeah
1: yeah totally yeah and i mean I, dude i'm I'm with that of uh, i come from a broken home i, I spent a lot like things that we were late on
2: yeah i'm a late in life divorce child i was
1: uh practically my teenage years i was shout out to him. Maybe I sent him to an early grade, but, like, my grandparents raised me. You same. Know? You know? And, uh, like, but at the same time, I'm thankful for that because, like, dude, my grandpa. Oh, gee. He was a G. Same. Dude, when I got 15, got my permit. Oh, you old enough to drive legally? You old enough to work? <laughs> yeah. And it was summer, and he's like, got your job on the farm. Thanks, dude.
2: What's hilarious about that is I. I come from a very small family, and it's primarily male. I was the first girl born in 30 years. Oh, you're supposed to be
1: the princess then.
2: Yeah. So when the cousins, the boy cousins, were out having to do work, including my brother, who's the oldest, and me, who's the baby, um, I was sitting in Papa's lap and (laughs) inside, and, like, I would call the house And my grandmother would be like, "Your favorites on the phone," like to that point.
1: My brother was so smart, and I didn't see it at the time. The moment he was old enough to drive, he had him a girlfriend, and so he practically was never home. Yes, (laughs) you smart dude. Yes, I was. I was left with all. Now, granted, like that ingrained in me about to make
2: up a girlfriend.
1: He had no kidding, dude. I was (laughs) like, "Hey, dude, I'm coming over your house." Just
2: sitting Played. in the quarry by yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Drawing. Dude,
1: stop. Was you there? <laughs>
2: Basically. <laughs> Basically. Because I was the weird kid, I did, too.
1: I, dude, I did, I did not get my... When I turned 16, I did not get my driver's license until I was almost 17 because I knew that was going to create more problems for me. Dude,
2: <laughs> my dad, shout out Rick, bless his heart. I think he's got a little touch of the tism. He is... Uh, He bought me a car like a year before I was legally allowed to drive. My brother's 11 years older than me, so he's always been like a parental figure to me. Very, Mm -hmm. very paternal figure in my life. Um, But my dad bought me a car a year before I started driving and parked it in the garage. And I knew, I mean, like I knew for a fact he was not like writing down the mileage as OCD as he is. He wasn't coming up with that plan. My neighborhood was like the neighborhood. Everyone lived in it. So in my mind, if I I drove that car in the neighborhood, it's fine. I don't have a license. I'm 14 years old. It's fine. It's not a big deal because I'm in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to drive it past Kroger. I'm not going to drive it on Highway 80. But if we're in the neighborhood were golden. Mm. I drove that car everywhere for the year before I even got my driver's license. I don't know what he was thinking. Dude, I had a uh, But uh, same scenario. I was y- at home. Younger so years
1: the of I had a girlfriend and I uh, didn't learn it until later. But uh, the car that she was driven, driving uh, it had a tracker on it God. and a mic in the car.
2: Are you kidding?
1: There, there was was her dad
2: working for NASA. Like we're about the same age. How is that even possible?
1: This dude was off his rocker, man. And so, like, I can only imagine like the dates that we went on in that car. Wild. Before I, like, one day we were having Sunday lunch and like the dude looked dead at me and quoted me. Oh my god, no! And I was like, Ah, dude, I'm.
2: We're never taking your car anywhere again.
1: you get better gas mileage, but no.
2: No. That's wild.
1: Dude, I was like, I, I was like, I told her, I was like, I don't know how you do that. I know, like, we're young and you can't oh, afford yeah. a car, but I would do everything in my power to get out of that car.
2: Oh, absolutely. Rick was a G. My dad, he grew up in Jackson, like, in Jackson. And uh, we got a touch of something in the wood pile. I don't know what it is, but Pops looked like one of the Jackson five growing up, there was a uh, African-American gentleman. who used to run in our neighborhood and everybody would always be like, I saw your dad running this morning to the point where me and my mom like stopped fighting it. We were just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. My dad's never probably ran a day in his life, but we would just be like, yeah, yeah, cool. So when I wrecked that first car that I drove around cross gates, like a maniac, he went to, he probably got like 10,000 back from insurance He went to a police auction in South Jackson and got me a Hunter Green Camry with gold pinstriping and gold rims, two doors, no door handles, blunt burns in the back, and a stereo that lit up so brightly (laughs) that I looked like... A literal UFO driving down the road. He probably spent $1,200 on that replacement car, and I called it the tank. It was just a Camry, but I would hit shopping carts, brick columns, anything, and nothing would happen to that car. Cam- Shout out to Toyota. Shout out to Camry because y'all are the real Gs out you know, here the first making thing that indestructible go, the, cars. The
1: first thing to go out on those cars, and I'm thinking of the model. Was the door handles? Absolutely. It
2: was. Absolutely. It was always a door handle. I had to finagle it. Mm-hmm. If you like, there was no braking into my car. I could have left it unlocked for anybody. You don't
1: know how to get in here, bro. Oh,
2: you can't get in. You can't get in unless you're popping my sunroof somehow, because there's no there's no way to get in. And pops was just like, okay, well, I bought you that nice car that first time. Yeah. We ain't doing that again. You obviously couldn't handle it. We're not doing that again.
1: I went through of uh, two vehicles swiftly. I had a, uh, a green Ford Ranger that uh, my grandfather's best friend sold him for a dollar.
2: That was the truck that was passed around between all the cousins and was meant to go to me.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, totaled that thing out. Oh, yeah. Because I, I love dirt roads and I love hanging curves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, 80 miles an hour into the only pine tree in a cow pasture.
2: If I had gone left... If I'd swerved left, I would have gone into a cow pasture. I overcorrected, swerved right, and ended up flipped between two trees.
1: Yeah, something. We got so much. We got we got a lot of cooking here. We're like twins. I'm telling you. Shout out Brandon and Kennedy. It's basically the same. <laughs>
2: basically, ranking and whatever <laughs> you call
0: Kennedy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, like to original question, like what do I want? Yeah, what do you want? Of uh, different levels of obviously i want this podcast to be successful it continues to grow it continues to do great shout out to all of you who listen and share it with your friends word of mouth is everything thank you for subscribing rating reviewing and all that uh this is my passion project and i have a linkedin to where like they target podcasters now and i have that on my bio on linkedin and so like these marketing wizards and you know, all these uh, pyramid schemers and mm-hmm. people reach out to me. It's like, hey, I can take you to the next level. And oh, all yeah, this of course I can. And, like, one of them, sometimes I like, I like answering the spam call just to oh, talk yeah. to uh, the Indian guy oh, yeah. about Medicare, which I don't qualify Dinesh, for at all. I
2: really want to know how you can help mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I really want to know. Matter
1: of fact, like... When I get to a point to where I want Dinesh to like be my booking agent. Yes, I was calling about uh, the Talk interview. Uh, We have lined up for tomorrow at six uh, with Mr. Allen. Can we confirm that? Yes. You know, I I would love to have that. Uh, But and then there's (laughs) the the other part of it is like these (laughs) these random DMs you get from these like hacks. It's like I can take your social media. I can take your podcast to the next level. We can make you so much money, bro. And I'm like,
2: I'm glad that's the messages you're getting because mine are all dudes that want to uh, hook up. Who want to be my sugar daddy? That's my that's my DM list,
1: dude. I'm I'm waiting like I'll send them
2: your way. I'll be like, I've got this ginger fox.
1: Oh yeah, let's roll, dude.
2: Yes, and he would love to be your sugar baby.
1: Oh yes, I would. I'm with that. <laughs> But, And I I tell them, it's it's my passion project. And then, like, they mock me. It's like, well, you've been doing this for four and a half, five years, and it's a passion project, and you just keep doing it, and it's not, you lose money doing it. And won't you connect me when you want to be real about it? And I was like, it's not about money. I don't care about money.
2: Did you not hear me when (laughs) I said passion? Because clearly at the five-year mark... (laughs) If I didn't have passion, we wouldn't be here. So, what are you missing? Yeah. Like, what are you like, missing when I said passion? W- when project? you When you
1: approach me about like money, it's like, look at what I'm wearing. Look at like anything that I've done. Like I'm lo fi, low budget.
2: You're having fun. You're living.
1: Yeah, I your, was like
2: your life.
1: Like this is not about money. Like every project that I do outside of work. Is a loss, like financially. Yeah. I just, I do it because I enjoy it.
2: Exactly. Which but, otherwise, what's the point?
1: Yeah. I was like, this is, it, it brings meaning, it brings purpose, and like, plus, it's good for the community. And so, like, with Porch Talk, I want it to be successful. I want to continue to do music festivals. Uh, I've had two venues in the Golden Triangle area reach out to me. Uh, they want to, A, start doing live music. Or B, they want to get back into it, and so like they're kind of bringing me in to kind of help direct that. Mm-hmm. I'm excited that I don't know who told them that that I'm that I'm their guy, but I'm. But I'm, thank you. But yeah, thank you, and <laughs> like I'm happy to help because that's what I want. I want to build. I want to build the local scene, and I want I want this place to be on the map to be known for that.
2: Yeah, I heard you say in that podcast that you just did um, with... uh, Nooski. Yes, with Nooski. And you said you wanted to be kind of the uh, bridge that brought people from other areas to work this circuit Mm -hmm. and that would be awesome i think you have the personality for it i think it would. uh, and i'm
1: working hard on it yeah it's it's not ready yet i've got a lot of venues i got to contact but i want like i want it to be a two to three week tour and this and like there are a lot of pacific northwest midwestern or even on east coast bands that that don't hit your deep south states such as alabama or mississippi they might hit georgia they they don't touch florida they don't maybe don't touch the carolinas Why? Like, I do believe, like, there is, and this is a thing, like, we were talking on the last episode, like, from country to country, we have these jokes that we make, and then, but from state to state, like, we clown on each other. Mm -hmm. Well, everyone from the the north is surprised that we wear shoes and stuff like that, you know? (laughs) It's like, they think, like, we're complete idiots, me and we're, we're just we're just backwards and all this never and that. wearing shoes and so like the and that's another big thing about like doing this podcast It's like yeah you may carry on that connotation we're having fun we're talking we're sharing lived experiences but like I want to break that stereotype
2: yeah break the that glass ceiling
1: yeah and I, I want to bring in that talent and by God it's working.
2: It, it is and I see that and it's it's nice because you obviously you want your friends to succeed and you want people to live their dreams and so that was that was news to me finding out that you wanted to do that and so I, I definitely hope that that pans out And so out on that you. level
1: but like personally it's like man dude like yeah um I also want a family. Yeah. Uh proverbs biblical. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man who finds a good wife finds a good thing and uh i I believe that is it's far it's few and in between, man. Like and I I'm not hating on the opposite sex at all, but like we all have different desires and wants and some people just like to use people for whatever they have to offer and they're never really interested. I've experienced that firsthand. And so like I wanna I want to find that good thing.
2: I think part of the problem also Is that we've gotten so far away from where we started and maybe, and I mean, who am I to even talk because I work a full-time job, but it is hard, and this is part of what we're going to cover in Midwife Crisis, it is impossible to be what we're supposed to be and do what we're supposed to do when. My generation was told you can have and be and do anything you want. Okay, so I can have a full-time job, and I can have a career, and I can be anything I want. Well, guess what? I also am a full-time mom and a full-time wife Mm -hmm. and a full-time friend and a full-time everything. That's a lot of full-times. Yeah. Because guess who also works a full-time job and one that's a lot harder than mine your husband my husband so guess who's not wanting to come home and cook and clean my husband Mm -hmm. but it has to get done so it creates and my husband's great but it creates resentment between each other when we come home and the last thing we want to do is cook or clean but there's crap everywhere or we have to eat, and so then you're spending money on DoorDash, and that's creating financial strain. And so it's like this perpetual cycle that is just taking us further and further from harmony, really, because yeah, we can't... And God, I'm probably going to get so much hate for this. I don't know that we can both have it all... And be happy with one another, and happy with ourselves, and be good spouses and good parents. And I don't know, I don't think that means that the woman just stays at home and does nothing. I think that maybe the man takes a step you can't back do that in, some in this certain, economy. Anyway, uh, no, you cannot. You cannot. Like unless you are a doctor or a, you know something crazy, you have to have both incomes. Yeah. I'm not saying that the woman just, you know, stays in the kitchen and, you know, we don't need a watch because the clock's on the stove. I'm not saying that.
1: I mean, there, there's literally a phrase, and it. it's an acronym now, and I heard it for the first time this a weekend ago. Dink. Dual that- income, no kids.
2: Yeah, that's literally the only way to be happy with your spouse, 100%.
1: Well, no, it's not even that. I mean, it could be, like, just two... Uh, straight dudes
2: Oh yeah
1: or it could be two straight women but like i mean that is literally where we're at and like like look at home depot right now you can buy a it's basically just like a for forty three thousand dollars you can go to home depot and buy a one bedroom one bath small house oh yeah and they'll ship it to wherever you want it shipped oh
2: yeah
1: it's like and look i don't know if we've looked at
2: it for my mom literally yeah and
1: i don't know if you've like paid attention to this but like there's an explosion of rv parks everywhere like people are now like living out of rvs
2: alan when i tell you you're hitting the nail on the head so far that you're driving it into the ground bo and i have literally said and he's on board with this but he thinks i'm crazy and to be fair i am getting rid of everything we own selling this house buying a fifth wheel moving into it paying off all of our debt and so then starting w- over starting over 100 yeah. because we want to move out of this town even though i love columbus it's my new home i want to stop playing gunshots or fireworks which is a game that you play when you hear <laughs> noises is it a gunshot is it a firework and i want to move to cambridge which is a neighborhood in steens where all of rivers friends grew up i grew up in a neighborhood I want her to be able to walk outside. I want
1: to be back in Kennedy. Do it. And so, yeah, I am eventually. But like... Yeah. The D-
2: you are the perfect candidate for an RV. Why do you not live in an RV? You could take it to my house and park it in front of my house and do this episode.
1: It's eventually going to happen.
2: Dude, you, you don't have a wife. You don't have kids. Now is the time. I don't know if you have pets, but they love it.
1: I do not have pets, dude. But, um, my
2: guy, you are wasting it. This is the perfect time. I got a lot of personal debt. Same. You, you get rid of it. You know how much your cost of living is in an RV. It's
1: nothing. Yeah, but you got yeah, It's payment on the RV though.
2: Yeah, but you pay that on an apartment right now.
1: No, I got a real sweet deal. Oh, you do. You got a honey honey pot. I do. Yeah. Honey of a deal. That's why I am where I am.
2: Or. Or, you've got a truck, you buy one of these fixer-uppers, you've got friends like Jake who do construction, teaches you how to do what you do to fix it up. One of my friends bought and fixed up a camper for like $6,500. It was so livable.
1: Dude, like, I I would, like, uh, my buddy Ryan, he's got, like, those Volkswagen pop Yes, yes. I would totally live out of that. One hundred. Not without a gun, but totally do it.
0: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers. We had a camper one time.
2: It was a um, it was like a hybrid camper. It was half pop up. Like the the um pop outs were um, like screened. Yeah. And it made me so nervous because like. Growing up the way we did, my biggest fear is being kidnapped or murdered. Like, I've always picked bedrooms on, like, the least, last person to get murdered.
1: Dude, I I literally couldn't imagine being a female or a a woman or a girl, dude. It's like, because, like, the more I get... You're going to get me going. The more I get enamored, like, and it's that little stinker podcast that covers these serial killers.
2: You're going to get me going. and, And
1: the more I get to, like, it's like, how many women just one day just vanish
2: Okay, so I find endorphins by being active, not by working out, but by being active. I love walking the river walk, but my husband will not let me go to the river walk without my gun. I don't like
1: carrying my gun.
2: It makes me nervous. I feel like you're going to end up taking, and I'm trained in how to use a gun. Mm-hmm. I still feel like it makes me nervous. It's
1: sad that it has to be that way, but, but it is. every
2: sound I hear... Yeah even though it's a squirrel nine times out of ten it's a squirrel every person i see every person i see i look in the eye because they tell you to do that every sound i hear i look around i keep one air in one air out the AirPod out is the one that's facing who i'm going to be with i have to be constantly vigilant of being raped or murdered every time i'm alone Yeah. every time i take my daughter to a store, I park by a uh, cart return. She gets in my door because the most vulnerable a woman is is when she's putting her child into a mm-hmm. car seat. Men have never once thought about being raped or murdered
0: yeah, when they are
2: like murdered. Maybe if you're like in South Jackson and you're walking, and you're like, <laughs> "Well, I'm gonna get shot," but you're never walking and thinking a woman is gonna rape or murder me. That is never a thought that's crossed your mind.
1: I'm on break right now. Like, I'm I'm taking the, like, singer-songwriter approach. But, Mm -hmm. like, when I was in a band, and I still keep it in my truck now. uh, Mm -hmm. And if anyone, uh, and I know they do it in Columbus here when they have it available, I keep a first aid kit. I keep a tourniquet. That's such a smart idea. I I, I stay kept up on doing CPR and things Mm -hmm. like that. And, like, I have a first aid kit with, like, everything that I would possibly need. Because, like, some of the, the joints that we were playing, you didn't know if anything was going to pop off, like, mm. whether it was in the back alley where you were doing load-in, load-outs, or maybe it was going to happen in... But I also want Narcan because, like, I was recently in a situation where someone OD'd, and thankfully someone there had Narcan and knew, wh- and knew what to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to make that a part of my first aid kit.
2: Not only that, but, like, the accidental overdoses, um...
1: And and not to mention, you know, like my number one, like I'm not the most talented musician. I'll tell you that. Uh, these were smaller guys that I was running with. Mm-hmm. I was literally like the enforcer, like
2: which is not something I, you should ever have. Because
1: I'm be. a bigger guy, but like mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many stories. But you're pa- pe- like
2: you're a passive, like good time guy. You're not. Well, yeah,
1: but you're like you're not it,
2: some of these guys that we run with that are literal fighters.
1: Yeah, but if I had to put on the face. I will.
2: Yeah. That's my husband. Like, if he has... Like, he is... He's very much like you in the sense that he's like... everybody's happy
1: happy-go-lucky for the most part.
2: Very sweet, sweet man. Happy-go-lucky. The times I've seen him get angry, I've been like, Excuse me, sir?
1: Yeah,
0: who are are, you? Who are you? Yeah.
2: I'm not gonna lie. It's it's not made me upset. I've been a little bit excited about it. Yeah. But I've been like, who is this guy? Because... If anything I'm the aggressor in our relationship as far as like with people, I'm the bulldog. You're not gonna talk to him any type of way. You're not going to look at him any type of way. If you mistreat him, I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. Like you're never gonna mistreat him in my presence and me be okay with it. I like
1: kicking it with Bo, by the way. He's awesome. The, 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 two, two, he really short, is. the two short times I've kicked it with him. We good, man. We, 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 we people.
2: So the literal, the, the guy I was telling you about that him and I, um, when we met the guy that I had done study abroad with, yeah. I said, Alan is literally hood. He is a ginger leprechaun version of hood. They are exactly the same. They are your people. <clears throat> and he was like, I get that a hundred percent. I get that. Like I, the reason I feel like I know you so well is because I've spent six weeks, six weeks with you in Italy. <laughs> I've spent I've spent six weeks with you in Italy. I went to art school with you. Like yeah. you are th- you are everyone. I went to art school with. You are everyone. I did study abroad with. Like that's why I feel like I vibe with you so. I wonder well. if that's
1: why I kicked it so good with Julia. Because like I didn't know her from Adam's house cat, and we'd had such a great episode.
2: She's literally the best though. Like she is an anomaly. She's gorgeous.
1: She is a gorgeous.
2: But she's just so cool. Like I feel like in art school, there's a few anomalies. There's like me who can run in any crowd. I feel like you're the same.
1: There's I Julia, dude. In high school, dude, I ran in yeah every, every crowd. I didn't fit in anywhere. Didn't so f- I, so I was exactly. so I was everywhere.
2: But everyone in those crowds would have been like, "Of course you fit in."
1: And I I'm, got invited to all the parties, but you
2: felt like you didn't. Yeah. Exactly. Like I I ran with. I feel like the, this is going to sound so, like, self-indulgent. Um, I ran with the most popular crowd, but I never felt like I belonged. I felt, like, on the fringe of it. And so I would bounce from crowd to crowd to crowd, which, honestly, looking back, I'm so glad that I did. Because I don't think I could have survived art school as somebody who was just the popular crowd because they were all freaks and weirdos and I mean that in the best possible way
1: yeah but, I mean these are people who are literally letting their freak flag fly, fly.
2: and I had the crushes love on the people. nerdiest guys and I love them and when I told them years later I was like I had the biggest crush on you they were like Why? are you kidding me <laughs> and I would be like absolutely I did and they were like you were never somebody I thought would have a crush on me and I'm like it's only because I look like somebody that's, <laughs> di- I don't, bleh, whatever, it's yeah. going to sound so self-indulgent, but I've always, I feel like, been someone who could sit at any lunch table.
1: Yeah, that was me, dude. Totally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's a big part of, like, you And know, that's like,
2: my husband's, like, biggest the f- thing.
1: The first episode that we did when I was talking about suicide awareness? Yes. Like, that was all those different circles when I was seeing that every walk of life. And and because like, maybe I didn't know them personally. Mm-hmm. I was aware of them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, uh, always ready to reach out because like I could relate. And yeah. that was, that was like, I think there is that anomaly, like people like you and me, like self-indulgent once again, but like mm-hmm. to work, you don't fit anywhere, but you're everywhere mm-hmm. kind of thing to where like you, you kind of get a broader paint stroke of society like yeah i could kick it with the jocks
2: yeah i could
1: kick it with the artsy fartsies yeah i could kick it with the nerds
2: because i don't know what i am one day to the next yeah that's why i can't pack anything for a trip because i don't know what i'm gonna feel like that day Mm -hmm. so it used to be that i would pack everything i owned and then when I did study abroad, I was like, I don't need anything, and Dude, so like, now I I, I want to dig
1: into that a little bit. Like I think really? it, was, it was a great opportunity. Okay, but like I wonder because like when I was going down the University of Mobile, I was telling you that story. Yeah, I wasn't going to pull the trigger until a childhood best friend decided that he was going to study at South Alabama. Mm-hmm. I was literally backing out until I had somebody that was I knew that was going down with me. I knew no one. I would have, and I've recently. Because of this show, mm-hmm. I broke that fear, and, like, I literally do everything alone now. But, I to like,
2: say, every time b- I see you, you're on your own.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, but, like, it, it used to not be that way. I used to, like, I was, I had to have somebody. I can see and, that. And now I don't. Yeah. And, like, it had to be broken. Yeah. Like, matter of fact, like, we lived together, fir- I was down in Mobile for seven years. The first two years, we lived together. Uh, one apartment, first year, got our new lease, new apartment. Halfway through that lease, I told him, I'm going to hang out for the remainder of this lease. And then uh, I'm going – I had to get out of the city. Yeah. Like, And that was a big thing. When I lived in Starville, mm-hmm. uh, I would go to the refuge every day after work. Absolutely. Because like I just needed to, like, put my feet in grass. Do
2: you mind me asking how old you were when you were married?
1: Uh, not at all. Uh us see.
2: 'Cause you're younger than me, been, so to be married and divorced you had to have been young.
1: It would have been celebrating eight years two weeks ago. I'm thirty two, so I got married at twenty
2: four. Jeez, yeah, that's young. My uh, my husband probably Is that
1: young though? Because like our grandparents did it like seventeen.
2: Okay. So I feel like for a man that's young, um
1: Maturity wise, sure yeah um but i was leaps and bounds ahead of the dudes i've
2: never never hung
1: out with people my own age that's another thing i always i always hung out with older crap.
2: i've never dated anyone my age they've always been at least five years older than me which is my husband so his first marriage was probably around your age and it lasted approximately five minutes it was a practice marriage for both of them and they would both say that um how long were you married
1: we dated uh the the night I moved to Mobile I met her. Okay. And I told uh my childhood best friend that I moved down there with. Mhm. That night in the car on the way home, I told him that I was going to marry her. Mhm. And we were friends for about 6 months. We dated. We dated for 2 3 years. Mhm. I proposed worst possible way (laughs) uh she told me and i thought it was funny Mm -hmm. but like she was so and i'm speaking uh i still love this woman madly i get that uh
2: wrong place wrong time wrong time
1: yeah sure uh she would always tell the story about um She was never officially adopted by this family, but she was raised by this family. Okay. And the father figure proposed to the mother in the car on the way to play a pickup game of basketball. Okay. So after church on a Sunday night, we were... uh, And I had been holding the ring for a while. As
2: y'all tend to do.
1: And uh, I just couldn't wait any longer and we were on our way to a Mexican restaurant, mm-hmm. driving down iTunes, and I just pulled the ring out and I was like, I can't wait any longer. Will but
2: why is that the worst? I think that's the best.
1: It was, like.
2: Like, n- there's nothing worse to me than you, we being at, like, a Braves game and you putting it on the, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. kill me. Don't yeah. ever do that. I would rather and, and we, I thought it, I yeah. thought it,
1: and I thought it was special for us because like the way that we like the way that I asked her to date me like everything about our relationship was kind of like spontaneous
2: yeah, yeah and everything that we did
1: like uh, we celebrated uh, two anniversaries two different theme parks we both love roller coasters yeah and I, I like our honeymoon was a we went to a theme park
2: absolutely yeah <laughs>
1: and our our anniversary went to universal like we love roller coasters so like we were it sounds we, very we d- much
2: like a twin flame situation yeah,
1: we dated we dated like two and a half three years uh we were engaged year year and a half and we were married almost two years
2: so you were married at 24 divorced by 26 which is a lot
1: no divorce yeah yeah
2: yeah that's a lot alan like that that's trauma that's a lot Um, And it
1: was, uh, we were living in a uh, garage that got cut in half, gutted to make a studio apartment. And we were there too long. Uh, I graduated almost a year before she did. Mm -hmm. I went and worked at Ingalls, which is. Oh, yeah. I know what Ingalls is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, biggest to,
2: One of the biggest employers in Mississippi. To
1: finish putting her through school. Mm-hmm. And when she finished school, I found me a more relaxed job. Was making near the amount of money. Uh, and was busting my ass. Because she hated that apartment. And she hated where we lived. And, and you're sacrificing. Yeah. And I was saving every dollar I could. And I didn't tell her. And it was it was probably about a month two or three months before everything was everything went a shit real fast.
2: It, as it tends to do, but it, things can, and I have this personality. I don't, the aside from my children, I don't have unconditional love. And that is a flaw on my part. I can love you or hate you in a day. And my yeah. poor husband knows that. And he suffers through that. Um, if he didn't have a stronger moral fortitude, um, we would not be together. And that is because I don't have... I don't have what it takes mm-hmm. for unconditional love except for my children. Yeah. Like, to the point where I could write my own parents off at I mean, any moment.
1: Dude, there was a... Uh, when we first got married, like... She left the house, so she she lost the car. hmm And, uh... The family she came from like they they sold me a vehicle fairly cheap and it was a beater yeah and i remember one time it was like a blowout tire and on i-65 and i had to leave work to go fix that didn't care it's my wife it's my world i like yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't want that for her so like i I did as quick as i possibly could And I remember, like, she broke down on I-65 again. It just quit working. And I remember, like, she was calling me distressed, crying, and uh, consoled, came, got the damn thing told, got it fixed. And I remember after all that and going back to work and bawling my eyes out, it was like, I wish that I could do, I could make more money to and give I, her everything and I could give her everything that you she want possibly to wanted. Do and you- and and then in the following month I made a financial decision, got off the damn beater, and mm-hmm. I got I got her a nice car.
2: Yeah. But it set you back. Yeah. Do you believe But
1: then like three months before, like what I was telling you when everything yeah. was going to because I knew that she hated living in the studio. I wasn't mm-hmm. the biggest fan of it. It was too small. But you could live in it. Yeah, and like, yeah. and that, the, what I was always trying to say was like, this is not permanent.
2: Mm-hmm. We're
1: we're newly married. We're trying to save money. We're trying to build our life together. This Which is, is just, hard. It's just part I mean, of it. first
2: year of marriage is hard. It's, 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 it's
1: just part of it. But like three months for it was to just total crap. Is she kept saying like a part of town that she wanted to be in. I didn't tell her, but like I was, I found the house that we could mm-hmm. afford in that area Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I was getting ready to show her and I was getting ready to sign the papers and I was going to surprise her and then everything just fell Fell apart apart. and I was like thank God I don't have that house.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Do you believe that I feel like I'm interviewing you in this podcast do you believe that there's one person or do you believe that you can be happy with multiple people throughout your lifetime?
1: I don't believe in uh, the one. I don't either. I believe the one is Whomever you decide is the one.
2: I agree. I think that throughout your lifetime, you can be happy with multiple people. And I know that monogamy is a, um, it's a financial principle, uh, not financial, a foundational principle in the Bible and it's in, our, in our culture. Um, I do think that say my husband gets hit by a bus tomorrow am i destined to never be happy again no i think that time moves on people can be happy with multiple people i don't think there's one i think there are people in certain
1: i've ruined a lot of relationships oh god for my mother after my mom and dad divorced
2: yeah my parents are recently divorced which is fun um they should have been divorced a long time ago shout out Rick and Pat if you're listening dad you probably will mom you probably won't which I love that journey for you Um, but they are recently divorced and uh, after living apart for years and I fully support this is gonna this is such a um, anti-biblical principle but there is a difference between, between people who are should be divorced and people who shouldn't be. Um, I think some people stay together, quote, for the kids, and they shouldn't.
1: First song, first song I ever learned on the guitar, Blink One Eighty Two, Stay Together for the Kids.
2: Yeah, and that my parents for divorce. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. I'm I'm a person whose parents stay together because
1: believe it or not, for the kids. The kids see it.
2: The kids hear every fight. They see. Everything And my dad, God bless him, he's never once said one negative thing about my mother to me.
1: I'll never say one Ever. negative thing about my ex-wife.
2: He may forget that I exist. Bless his heart, because I swear to you, he's autistic. He may forget I exist if I don't let him know <laughs> that I do. But he has never bad-mouthed bad my mother, and I love him for it because that's not her issue. She sometimes has said more than she should have. Um but recently and only recently I've realized that nothing my father did and nothing my mother did was malicious. It was never something they did to me because they did not love me. They loved my guts. And they did the best they could, but they were unhappy. They were so unhappy. And so now, do we get together, all of us? Absolutely. Will they both be here next weekend for our children for their dance recital? Absolutely. And I love them for that. But should they be married? Not even a little bit. I was a product of two people who made the best best of a situation. I think it
1: goes back to maybe what we said at the very beginning about pheromones and all that thing. Oh
2: yeah. Mom worked for dad. I made, they made the best of a situation. Mom wanted a dad for brother because she already had brother. They got together. Dad wanted a kid. He loved my guts. He loved my brother's guts. He raised my brother like his own. I've never seen someone treat someone the way my father does my brother as if he literally created him. He treats Brooklyn, my stepdaughter, that way. My brother treats my stepdaughter that way. Like, it's ingrained in them to treat my stepdaughter and my brother as if they were created by them. And I will never... And thank God, because it it gave me the same ability. But it's so beautiful to me because my dad didn't have to do that. My brother didn't have to do that. Like, my stepdaughter looks at my brother and sees an uncle. She doesn't see a step-uncle. My husband literally has cried about the fact that my brother and my father treat her like their own it's just such a beautiful blended thing that I think doesn't exist outside of broken families that gives them some beauty. Like there's so much ugliness in broken families that doesn't get, that the beauty doesn't get highlighted. I think it's just the ugliness and our beautiful blended broken family is so beautiful yeah. Like, I love my husband's ex-wife. I love her husband. I love my stepdaughter. I would hit someone with my car for my stepdaughter.
1: I'll tell you this. The only fight that I've gotten into as an adult and saw red, and I'm not an aggressive person, like, you know this. I'm so aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Is uh, someone who didn't know my ex-wife and disrespected her to my face.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you have no right. No right. You you don't, you, you, one, you, you never met her. Mm-hmm. And, mm-mm.
2: No. I was like, that's and, not and, your And place. to this
1: day, like, to this day, like, I, I consider our relationship to be good.
2: It's we, a beautiful we, uh, chapter we, of your life, I no matter so. how it ended.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't talk a whole lot. We shouldn't. Like, uh, I, I think she's seeing another guy, and yeah. good for them, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I've got my life. She has hers. And, like, dude. But she
2: holds a place in your life.
1: She absolutely does. Absolutely. Uh, I will never stop loving her. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't talk to her every day. I don't talk to you her to. every week or every month or every year. But, like...
2: Because that I I, like, rec- I recently, yeah.
1: like, two years ago, I stopped telling her happy birthday. Uh, but that's like, a
2: step. Like, you need yeah. to move. You yeah. need that.
1: Yeah. But, like, dude, nobody, like... And it shouldn't even, it's it's so like, so far in the past now, it's like, it shouldn't even come up, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't mind sharing about it. I don't mind talking about it, Right. maybe it helps somebody. Right. But, uh, yeah, they're just, uh, I hope the very best for her. I hope that she, I hope she gets every single thing that she wants, uh, she wanted, and that's beautiful. She wanted to get a PhD, and like far as I know, like I think she recently got her master's. I think she's working on it. Great for her, and like everything. That I I just hope she's happy. Exactly. Good for her.
2: Yeah, there was a uh, there was a guy I dated um, to. But on
1: but on the opposite, I hate to interrupt you. It's no, like, you're fine. I hate the people who like it's malicious mm-hmm. to it's petty hmm Go back to Fleetwood Mac.
2: hmm
1: like, yeah. like, I agree with you on the Fleetwood Mac thing. But
2: they do love each other. They do love each yeah. other. It's petty to make him sing that song, but they do love each other.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I would never do that to another. You know? I
2: feel like I would so do that. <laughs> but I'm just not, yeah. not great. Uh, so, I dated a guy that I feel like everyone assumed I would marry. Um, we dated for the better part of five or six years off and on, um, and we lived together. We, we were toxic in every sense of the word, but we loved each other and were the worst for each other at the same time. Um... I feel like in a different world, we could have worked, but not in this one. And
1: we'll just turn the hydrogen colliders back on. What? <laughs> Yo, you you never heard of that conspiracy theory? No! With that thing in Sweden, like the hydrogen collider, like when it, when it turned on, that's why Donald Trump became president. Like, that's why we live in such a weird world. That's why the pandemic... Oh, well, I'm it's, so it's glad why, why, they turned on, on then, yeah.
2: because... Um, I like the world I'm in now, but him and I would be either a very unhappily married <laughs> or b divorced. But he's got three kids and a beautiful wife, got a beautiful and wife. I'm now, so happy for him, and I really am. Um, but we would never have worked. We were so physically connected that it would have been sparks all the time and he needed somebody like he has now and I needed somebody like I have now like you can't have two people who are on all the time together you need someone who will take their crazy and absorb it and send back something positive as opposed to two people who have to take up all the air in the room and then everybody suffocates. Yeah. My husband beautifully absorbs my crazy (laughs) and sends back positive energy into the world and I just exist in my head and in this bubble and I either in making people laugh or I'm in the bed and Sh- that's the shout tip. out
1: to him. And that was the point that I was making like, <laughs> with you the other day. It's like, I don't know another husband that would be this comfortable with another dude communicating with his wife this much. Now granted, <laughs> like we're friends and this is also like, you might would call it like a business kind of thing. Cause we're talking about podcasting and things like that. I but,
2: consider you a friend.
1: Yeah. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, I don't like if I put myself in it. I'm he's like, not worried at all. Shout, yeah, shout yeah. out to him. Yeah,
2: yeah. He's he is the least, and I, I I shout that right back out to him. He's the least worried about me, and I'm the least worried about him. Like we're very comfortable in our spot. Like I that, I dude, don't jealousy
1: like, sucks, dude.
2: God, does it suck? Like I would never. Like I don't. There's no going through the phone. There's no going through people there's no sharing social media like he knows that like like we're best friends Mm -hmm. like we're road dogs like are things always 100 between us absolutely not do I want to kill him sometimes absolutely when I get off my meds do I hit him with a broom maybe I don't know (laughs) that's just a weird hypothetical but is he worried about me on this porch? Not even a little bit. He's swimming in the backyard with our kids and my oldest daughter's boyfriend. Like, he doesn't care. Like, he's never cared. And I don't think I could be with him if he did. That was,
1: that was one thing that we, we talked about, like, during the break. He yeah. And I, I was like, dude, I, I appreciate it because, like, a lot of people hold their Friday night sacred. Like, yeah. And that was one thing, like, I was really... And turns out, like, you and I both had a horrible Thursday. God, the worst Thursdays. And so, like, and I was telling you, I, I, th- I think I told him more than you. is like, shout out to it, to, like, me are willing to open up your, your home, your porch up to me on a Friday evening when, like, most people hold those nights sacred, you know?
2: See, the funny thing about us is with him on swing shift. That's we...
1: exactly what he said. He's <laughs> like, what day is it anyway?
2: We hold lunches sacred because we... We will go to a random lunch place on, like, a Thursday afternoon when we don't have kids. We don't do babysitters. We're very particular about our kids. As you should be. My mother-in-law is out of town right now with the birth of my niece's daughter. Or son, I'm sorry. Um, If it's not my mother or his mother, you're not watching our kids. So, or my oldest daughter now. But, uh... So, him and I do lunch dates. We're very much a lunch date couple. And so, Friday night for us is like nothing. Like, we're, I mean, we're going to be here with our kids no matter what. If we're not in the living room together, we're asleep. Or one of us is at work. So, it's not a big deal for us at all. And um, I think me being very transparent all the time with everything also helps because I'm like, come meet alan like i don't like it's not something i'm holding sacred you know like come meet him come see him you'll see why he's exactly our people
1: Mm -hmm. yeah we hit it off (laughs) yeah yeah. i mean it's hard
2: not to hit it off with Bo.
1: good people well dude this is uh it's been a good one i think we put a pin in this and uh walk it back later got it uh what do you think i'm good Whatever Anything you, you want to plug or talk about before we sign out? No,
2: boss. We've been talking about. This it This was all. a deep one. This was a deep one. I I was wondering how far you wanted to go. Like I've had some deep stuff, like like held back. Oh, we can go. I mean, like
1: I've had it people, I, get it. people get excited. One thing I wanted to say is like I don't know if I'm gonna like label this as like uh, midwife crisis colon the main topic, mm-hmm. or if it's Lauren Bunton
2: Let's go, Lauren Sim- Button,
1: Colin, the topic.
2: Yeah, Lauren Button. Is that the is the that topic. the way? Yes, I'll plug my stuff all day long. But this is Lauren Button.
1: Right on. Okay.
2: Ashley in here. I love you, Ashley. But she's not here.
1: Glad we cleared that up. Yeah. Cause I I, I didn't know which way to like. No. Plug let's
2: it. let's do let's do me and you, me and you. We can plug midwife all we want, but me and you is me and you. I think we've got a thing. I think we've got buzz between us. We are. You're bringing we're some a good partnership.
1: bring some perspective, man.
2: I love it. And I felt like I interviewed you a lot this time. Good. I'm
1: here for it. I love it.
2: Like, well, uh, I love it. I honestly do.
1: Right on. Let's, uh, let's get out of here. Uh, thank y'all so much for listening.
2: Follow Alan. Stop being stupid. Thanks.
1: Yeah. I prefer mentally handicapped, but whatever. <laughs> let's let's get out of here.